I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ladies and gentlemen, a very warm welcome. It is Monday evening, which can mean only one thing. It is the online darts live lounge with me, Phil Bars, Jack Gobby Garwood, and Lee Boyce are back to entertain you for the next few hours, and there are plenty of talking points. The band is back together after Gob took the week off last week. Gentlemen, how are we doing? I'm sure you're at me, Lee. At least it weren't a bloody wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting. <laughs> Did someone say wedding? You missed, did you oh, miss sorry. me? <laughs> no. Did you miss me? No, of course. No. Pair of lying so and so. No, of course we missed you, but Dan did have a touch of the gobs, so it was like having you here at one point. Very much so. Yeah. I've had in that problem since I've moved here, but during that intro video, it paused twice on me. I was like, oh God, here we go. Dan's, Dan's come in, taking Miss Slotten. It's all gone to pot here as well, but it's okay. Um, welcome everyone in the chat room. As always, plenty of you <coughs> in nice and early, which is good. We've got a poll running, so make sure you drop a vote on that. Also, give us a like as always, because it helps with the analytics and we show better in search engines and etching ever closer to that mark. It's been a little bit quiet this week, but all units are go, go, go as of now as the dark season starts again. So make sure you subscribe and turn notifications on so you don't miss anything. Um, plenty going on. We've got the Masters this weekend. Then the return of the live land, um, the live league, sorry, the Premier League, the World Seniors. It is all go. Next, I'm not going to lie, next week is a headache, but a good headache, boys. <laughs> you say that now, mate. That's only because you're buggering off. For one ah. interview, might I add. What a terrible format. Well, I may be maybe trying to work some other bits, you know. Fire, fire, with fire. Yeah, I think Dob, Dob Phil's definitely not the easier Thursday. Without doubt. <laughs> yeah. 
We will remind you of that, that you've had a day off in Cardiff. I'm just going to rock, rock up on the Friday, swan into the Circus Tavern. You all right, guys? How are we doing? <laughs> you wearing um, flip-flops, mate. I kicked you out of the door. Well, bearing in mind, I haven't seen a press room format to say I can't wear shorts and flip-flops. That's all I'm saying. I'm writing one up as we speak. Don't worry. As the official media <laughs> representative from World Seniors, you're not allowed to wear flip-flops. I've made an executive decision. I've noted, I've noted that, Dan, you've said flip-flops, not short, so that covers me for one at least. Anyway, moving on. God. No one wants to see your legs, <laughs> Philip. <laughs> um, even in the chat room, Joe is in, Henry is in, Tizzle is in as always. What a lad. Um, I, I was throwing some shapes, Tiz. Don't worry about that. Um, Rose is in. Malachi, Mike, Tommy, James, Dennis, Bill, Kieran, Tommy. Um, Darts Tracker is in. Hope you are good, Carl. All good, Craig, Owen. Oh, the band are all in the chat room, so make sure you come and say hi. Right, boys, it's, it's, a, it's a busy, busy time. Um, and some news broke. When... <laughs> We, when I was on the way home, before we take a look at the overall um, Masters, the news broke that this man, Nathan Aspinall, is out of the Masters due to injury, gents. Now, we commented at the world that injury looked to be causing considerable pain. Um, it is proven so. I dropped him a message um, earlier. I got a nice reply from him he's, that he said... I'm missing this because I want to try and get right for the Pro Tours. What wise decision, but also how much of a concern, God? It's a massive concern because this injury was about before the World Championships, clearly. It shows you just how much of a weight in the World Championships had because the, he played in the condition that he's in. If it's still not right four weeks after he was knocked out of the World Championships to go again, then he probably shouldn't have been playing at the World Championships. That's a case of turn up and collect the awfully large amount of prize money on offer just for being in the building. And it just puts that pressure on people and you're always going to get that decision at the World Championships. Any other event, you look at the players and go, right, you should be pulling out the World Championships. You look at it going, go and collect your cheque. And then it puts the integrity of the event threat a little bit. Look, if, if he's not right, he's not right. And he needs to get right because he's defending a lot of money this year and he's going to be dropping down that ranking very quickly. He's already on that cusp of the top 16, I think. So... Needs to be very, very careful. Needs to get it right as soon as possible. But you can't mess around with your throwing arm. And if it's not right, you can't rush it back because it'll just do more damage and be out even longer. Yeah, I know that 100% agree with you on that one. And the news is, it is this man, the African warrior, Devin Peterson, who will now play Luke Humphreys. And again, I mean this with the greatest of respects. But Luke Humphreys will enjoy this draw change. Uh, yeah. However, with the Aspinall injury coming into it, he wouldn't have been too disappointed with the draw, draw in the first place. So we will be happy with the, the change. But I don't think he would have been too... There's, there's a lot tougher draws in that first round that he could have had. I think than Aspinall... Like I say, Aspinall normally maybe not, but Aspinall injured. And as it's not something that was a surprise as much as uh, it, it would have been if someone else drops out and such, but there's no one else. But it's an opportunity for Devon. He spoke a lot 
he done one here just before the world and says that his throw was getting better. It's an opportunity now for him to show that. He didn't really show it at the world, so uh, hopefully he can push Lute. But yeah, Lute will be happy, I think, and with the initial draw and and the replacement and Fanti's chances of you know going into that MVG clash, which should be a, a top down if you can get through it. Yeah, also, Gobbo, but for a late replacement, what's this like? Because I'm sure Devin, look, we know he practised meticulously and he, he plans everything in his career. His focus and prep would have been all for those first Pro Tours. And to get the, the, the late call, I'm pretty sure that his game isn't going to be where he'd want it going into a TV tournament. Look, he's never going to turn down the, the chance to play in a TV tournament. But in terms of your prep and practice, he's probably... 10 days away from where he'd like to be going into a comp. Maybe, but at the same time, it's an absolute free roll for him to work out where he is. Yeah. I love how you said God what it's like as if I've ever been called up last minute to a TV event, by the way. I've never <laughs> been called up last minute for a local league team, let alone let alone that. Um, yeah, look, you, you stay ready, don't you? The minute that we've already had, the minute Noppet withdrew, Devon should have been aware. And should have been available yeah, for the it, possibility, given that Dob, it was, COVID Dob, was still Dob, was a little bit hit and miss. Okay, um, restrictions change as of Thursday in the UK. Pretty much sack it all off. But he should have been ready just in case one player gets stopped at the border again or or something goes wrong. The minute your next reserve, up until at least Blackpool this year, need to be very, very switched on, very, very ready and aware where you are in the rankings set to go because James Wade wasn't ready for the Premier League last year because he came in not expecting to play, was at the hotel the night before. Devon would have been in MK for this event anyway, the minute knockout withdrew. So he should have been ready, should have been practising with the possibility that he gets to go. So I don't think he's going to be a million miles off, but at the same time, it's an absolute free roll. The minute you get called up to an event that doesn't mean anything, put in a good performance, set yourself up. It's non-ranked, but it's good money in his back pocket. Sets him up nicely for the first couple of months. Takes off a bit of pressure with those pro tours. Got a bit of money in his back pocket to, to to live for the next few months. That makes a massive difference to somebody for the early part. If you're not going to a pro tour every week, knowing that I've got to win money to eat this month, far better position because of effectively a handout from the Masters. Not on the rankings. Not doesn't drop off. Haven't got a pressure to be in there next year to defend it again, but can just have a free roll out. And look, if Devon gets going... Tough, tough matchup for Luke because he can match him in that 180 department. We saw it about 18 months ago before the injury come across. So if Devon's been put in the practice right, he was telling us an awful lot of things before the Players' Championship and the World Championships, Lee. I know you spoke to him an awful lot in the build-up to that. And he was saying how he, he thought he was going to be ready, was a little bit disappointed with his world's performance. But if he's done all those things correctly, who knows what he can produce? Yeah, 100% yeah. on that. Uh, all I was going to say, Dob, on that point is uh, he, I spoke to him a couple of weeks ago and he was well aware that he was next on the reserve list. Um, it was So I think the preparation would have been ready for him. With a pro tour as well, only been a, is it a week or two weeks away, it would have, it would have definitely been ready for that possibility. Uh, yeah. We've still COVID bouncing about at that time and, uh, like says, the injury to Ash. Uh, hopefully Ash fully recovers for that pro tour and he's ready. I understand if he can, but yeah, he was definitely ready for it. Before we dive into the Masters, a few more in the chat room. Philip is in, as always. Welcome along, mate. Um, James, uh, Joe, I got your message on Facebook, mate. It's just been manic all day. 
Um, it looks like it's a bit of a, a bitch to get to, but Frankfurt does look the, the, the nearest. Um, but we need some restrictions to change in Germany first of all as well. Ed is in. Um, GWN, welcome along. Nell says snake bite. Andrew says evening. Um, hope we are all good. So from there, gents, of course, the 2022 PDC season gets underway this Friday in Milton Keynes. We're back to the Marshall Arena. Um, so the draw is at um, the seeds. Get a little bit of respite. They get to get to put their feet up on the Friday, which is always a plus point for them. And then we jump straight into the, the, the non-seeds um, getting under underway. Initial standouts, boys. For me, uh, probably the, the one thing that really does for me, if we can see the form pre-World Championships, for me, it has to be Rob Cross, Brendan Dolan, just because of what Dolan was throwing the back end of last year um, and obviously Cross down on to win the Euros. Um, that is probably the one that really stands out in them first ones. When you're looking at the other ties, it's very hard to pick two players who have shown a good run of form, but I'm sure Dob will find one in there. If he's not done with me, um, I like the bottom game, the the Colin Gurney game. I like that. Yeah, and I like Ryan Searle, Mervyn King as well. I thought they they both went into the World Championships with a lot of attention on them for for different reasons, different performances, nice part of the draw, etc. Didn't quite come off or go as far as either of them would have hoped. I don't think even played the way that they would have hoped, um, which would be a little bit more disappointing. And this is a chance to set their stall out for the rest of the year as two players that were borderline top, top players last year. Yeah, look, I don't, I don't disagree. There's, there's a couple I'm also intrigued by, shall we say. One, I'm looking forward to, I never thought I'd say this, but for different reasons, Ratajski against Clemens. Ratajski bombed at the Worlds massively. So I'm interested to see how he bounces back. Dimitri lost early in the Worlds. Look, he played well and, and lost, but it was still an, an early defeat. And with this, when Barry was dropping um, bombshells about the Premier League lineup, I still think Dimitri is in the Premier League equation. So, two yeah, made two I'm finals pretty... last year and speaks five different languages for a Premier League that is going to two different cities abroad and looking to expand. Dimitri is everything they've ever wanted in a dark player. He fits the right look. He's young. He's entertaining yeah. for the cameras. He keeps all the media happy because he can speak to them in whatever language they approach him in. He's got his dance. He's got his little sellable marketing bit on the side. And he's of slim build. He's of that image that they want to project as dark players. Yeah, so I think the Masters is huge for Dimitri Vandenberg right now as, as well. Yeah. Um, but let, let, let's go through let's go through these games. Um, Luke says Dimitri should be nowhere near the Premier League. Luke, it doesn't work like that, mate. You have to tick boxes, as we say, for the Premier League. And Dimitri ticks every single one of them. 
So, and he also made yeah. two major finals last year, one of which being the match. <coughs> yeah. Mm. Um, so he's going to be there or thereabouts. So first up, boys, how do we see Clement Ratajski going? And as Andrew says in the chat room, Ratajski has a ridiculously good record against Clements. Um, do we see the Polish Eagle getting back to some form or is the stutter still there? Because he wasn't good at the Worlds either, was he? No. He's terrible at the Worlds. You just were constantly waiting for him to kick on and do something at the Worlds and that extra gear never came. It was very much like watching a James Wade performance where whatever he starts with is what he's going to finish with. There was no extra level to anything Ratajski was was doing. And it just all felt a little bit flat for him. He had a disappointing end to last season, I think. He was in a yeah. very, very good position through the match play. Um, maybe even what came after that? The Grand Prix? The Grand Prix or the Grand Slam yeah, after yeah. the match play? One of the two. Grand Prix. He, he looked pretty good up until that moment and then he had a, a, a handful of early exits again first and second round losses that you just didn't expect with the form that he was in finally picked up a pro tour towards the back end of the year as well surprising that it took him that long to be honest um but has to set his stall out early and yeah look when you've got a record like that against your opponent both players will be aware of that and he needs to make the most of it yeah just a quick one about people asking about the premier league announcement don't hold your breath on it being after the final. They, the fact that one's an ITV tournament and one is a Sky tournament, they might announce it on Monday. Yeah, but they, they announced it at the Masters last year, didn't they? <clears throat> yeah, but that was only because yeah. they stumbled across the final that no one thought. <clears throat> Let's say the final is Peter Wright against Gerwin Price. That has no bearing on the Premier League selection. No, but on the other hand, let's say it's Rob Cross against Dimitri Vandenberg. Then there's a huge... Then that might change. But I was just saying, don't be surprised if it if it's not straight after the final. Um, I'm right, still not convinced they will. If, if that was the case, I don't think they would. I still think they'd know then in the back of the mind they're important that final is, but I'm not convinced they'd then announce it. I'm assuming as one broadcaster would say to another, obviously to PDC, that we don't want our big announcements being on a different channel. But they did they it last year. Yeah. And it worked brilliant for them. We did I, last year, I, but that, I, that was the last I genuinely get the point that when they talk about other events happen. as well, ITV are more than happy to acknowledge what's going on on Sky. It seems to be a little bit of hesitation the other way around. Oh, agreed. No, 100%. You're right there. God, 100%. Jackie, Mason, all that openly reference every tournament that goes <coughs> on completely. Um, but moving on, another two players that again after the Worlds clash in an opening round tie when they need a result. Chizzy against Bunting. Again, intriguing because both need a result, and I feel both need to start the season well. Look, Chizzy's slump in the rankings is is there is there to see, and needs to kickstart his season well, Boise. Yeah, well, I I am slightly worried about Chizzy now this year, and I've, I worry down into this one. Like I said, there's, there's probably some draws in there that you would. He's going to fancy his chances down into it against Bunting, but I am a bit worried about what Chizzy will do at the early stage of this year, and I, I tend to see Bunting coming through that one. 
uh, on Friday night. I think he can just edge in, get the better of him. Uh, and there's a lot of pressure then on Chizzy to perform at the, the Open uh, Pro Tours. There is anyway, this this aside, obviously, that's where the ranting money is going to be. But uh, I do worry this year about Chizzy and that start is absolutely crucial. So if he could get a, a win or two here, it would put him in the right form. Uh, but I struggle to see. I think Bunting will get the better of him. Well, I just looked. He's defending 188 grand, 65% yeah. of all his ranking money this year, Chizzy. The fact he won 100 grand in 2021 is amazing. I just don't remember him yeah, doing anything. Yeah. But how do you see it going? Bunty or Chizzy? Bunting for me. Right. Yeah, right now, I think Stephen Bunting's the better player. I yeah, think we've seen him go deeper and more often. The runs at the World Championships and the World Match play in recent years. I'm a little bit stuck between what Dave Chisnell does next. I don't think he has the weapons to go on and win a TV event. I'm not sure how long you just sit around as a mid-table player defending, sitting in that top 16. Still, don't get wrong, he's earning very, very good money. The fact he's defending 188 grand and earned 100 grand last year is... Still a very, very tidy way to make a living, but I'm, I'm just not sure what's next for Dave Chisnell. I don't think he's going to break back into the World Cup side anytime soon. I'm not sure he's going to be in the top two for the England team at any point. Yeah. Um, no, look, it's, it, it, it's an interesting one. Um, I think, you know, right now, I think Bunting is the better player. I, I agree. I, yeah. I think Bunting edges this one. Um, then the one gob that you love for the look of Ryan Searle against Mervyn King. This this intrigues me, and I think over a longer format, Searle is the favourite. But over this shorter format, I think it's a coin toss. Potentially depends how quickly Merv gets out of the blocks. I think they both had. Very, very good years last year, up until the moment they both lost in the World Championships. And they both lost in, frankly, quite droll fashion. Searle did not show what he's capable of against Peter Wright. Absolutely blown away. High 80s average. Mervyn King was poor against an even worse James Wade. That was a bit of a damp squib. Um, you expect a bigger reaction and a bigger response from Mervyn King as someone who's got that little bit more experience into the final in this event before. Um, but after the way that, that Searle came on last year and just went up that extra level, getting to the final of the players, uh, I think Searle's just got the edge in this one. And this will make you happy, Gob. I can confirm that Ryan Searle is at Gary Anderson's house practising tonight and Wednesday. Woo! <laughs> it doesn't make me happy for Searle because that makes him more likely to beat Mervyn King but it makes me very happy that Gary Anderson is taking his job seriously this year <laughs> uh, Boise, how do you see it going? Yeah, I've, uh, after, the, after the World Championships the days of batting Mervyn King are now over for me so I'm Ryan Searle has I'll remind me plenty of times of uh, the Wade Merv team yeah. uh, quarter-final but yeah, I, no, I, I agree with you. I didn't on remind the, you that. Yeah. I, I just remind you of the fact that I got three out of four semi-finalists. <laughs> and the winner. Um, I think I, we'll we'll move on swiftly. Uh, I do agree on the basis <laughs> of the uh, format does make it a closer game, and I think it, it will 
for me. This probably has 11 legs in it, but I think Ryan Sol wins it. Yeah, um, James, I love that. Love the King. Um, it, it's going to be interesting. And one thing, unlike Ali Pali, I don't think we're going to have there's only one more King rattling around Stadium MK. Uh, I, I think there's a chance. No. I think you Funny might you might be here to stay. Just think it was a it was it was a one off. It was a non. It's just like we'll we'll forget that ever happens. Um, and then uh, Rob Cross, the number ten seed against Brendan Dolan. What do we think about this one? Do you think Cross is thinking of the Premier League at this point? Yeah, without doubt. I think we've probably about four or five of these fills in the early rounds are already thinking about it going in and Rob Cross being one of those. He's probably thinking about it less if there was 10 players, but now there's down to eight. Uh, that is something that's definitely playing on his mind. Um, but it's it's one I've seen coming through. Uh, I can see him beating Brendan Dolan, but as I said, this this for me has all the makings to be the, the best name on Friday night. Uh we know what Brendan Dolan can do since he's a lot more since he's sped up the throw as much as we've seen that run at the Grand Prix, what, 10 years ago, 10, 11 years ago. Um, for me, we've seen a lot better, more consistent Brendan Dolan with the pace he's playing at now. Um, but I think Rob Cross comes through this one about midway, about 6-3, six, 6-4. Six, yeah. For you, Gob? Yeah, look, I, I like Brendan. I think superb. The fact he's sped up a bit makes him a lot more watchable as well. But I just, he's not one of those players that you ever expect to to hit somebody with a sucker punch. And even if he does, because he doesn't throw quick enough, doesn't really reel off two or three legs on the spin to put you under it massively. Whereas a cross or an MVG or a right or, or a price or someone can go 12-12-12 before you've even realised what's going on and you're in a world of trouble. Um I thought Cross was really, really good at the World Championships, built up a lot from last year. It will be if he can handle the pressure of knowing that now the field has been cut to eight. If there's 10 in the Premier League, Rob Cross is in and we're not even having this conversation. As a, as a major winner, yeah. the form he picked up through the back end of last year, arguably involved in two of the most entertaining games at the World Championships at the top five. The game against Gurney was superb. The game against Barney was superb. And even the game against Gary was, was class as well. He was in entertaining matches every single time. Bags of 180s, big finishes. He's made for it. He's just, if he's got the right image, now they've narrowed the field, which makes... I still can't understand that decision. I don't think I ever will. But, yeah, it's if he goes into this, knowing that he has to go deep to pick up that last spot in the Premier League, as, as we think it will fall. And if he can handle that, and he needs a good start, because if he's not on it, Dolan will punish. Yeah, look, we'll, we'll touch on the Premier League in a minute because <clears throat> I've got a lot of theory, but I just think that we'll, we'll, we'll touch on it at, after after this. Um, <coughs> then, Dimitri Vandenberg against Ian White. Ian White plummeted to number 24 in the world, only just gets in. And you think when COVID started, he was ranked 13. It's been an absolute slippery slope for Ian White due mainly due to lack of Euro Tour action. I think he's he lost there's about 140 grand in Euro Tour money, just where he hasn't had the opportunity to, to defend it. Ian Wright was prolific. So has slipped. But against Dimitri, got an interesting one. Dimitri will be strong favourite. 
Yeah, he has to be. But again, someone that had a great 2020, a half decent 2021 without smashing anything up really and needs to start the year brightly again. Another that we think, as we discussed earlier, will be in that Premier League contention for that, that final spot if, it, if that's the way it's going to go sort of thing. Um, and I guess the issue with Ian White is that he lost all that ranking money. Yes, he was injured last year as well, which didn't help his pro tour form. But the manner that he lost to Gary Anderson is the yeah. type of game and the type of tag associated with Ian White that he's trying to been trying to get rid of for so, so long. We thought he'd done it in Minehead when he made the quarterfinals uh, about 18 months ago. Looked like he'd been pretty sharp since then. I think he had a decent record against Gary up until the World Championships game as well. The worst game that Gary played at the World Championships in the last five, six years. Maybe even more. Back to before Gary first won his world title. That's how good the man's been at that event. You get an opportunity to play him and beat him like that, you have to take it. And Ian White just didn't do it. And it's, it depends how much that's playing on his mind right now. Yeah, but do you see Dimitri winning it? Should do. I just think he outscores him. He looks a lot... The way that Dimmy sets himself up on the doubles and, and settles himself before he goes to throw should just keep him ahead. Even if it goes close, I think Dimmy's just got that edge. For you, Boise? Yeah, Dimmy wins. Uh, I'm not sure it's the edge he's past him. I can see him winning with ease. Uh Still really worry about Ian, Ian White. Uh, and I think Dimmy comes through it 6 1, 6 2, somewhat fr- pretty comfortably. And then, arguably, the tie of the round Joe Cullen against Daryl Gurney. And again, after the World Championships, I make Gurney favourite for this one, Boise. Potentially, the difficult thing is, even in a first round of the Masters, so we we're not looking at the eight seeds, and it's hard not to talk about. It. I know you're going to come back to it later on, but the Premier League is in a lot of their minds, and someone like Joe Cullen will know that winning this will potentially put him in that eight. So, if you look at Joe, look at Humphreys, Dimmy, Cross, those sort of players in these rounds who are are thinking that, with as you're saying, Derny performing. Well, at the world, Joe, not so much that it probably puts Derny favourite. There's a lot of pressure on Joe to come through. I think Cullen still gets through this one, but it's difficult to say that it's in their minds from that first start about the Premier League. Probably not as much Derny as it has been previous years, but Joe Cullen certainly. Um, but I think Joe just edges through it, it sets up an intriguing game with it being only best to 11 this early stage. But I'm just an no edge with Joe. But I don't see all three of us going the same way in this one. Go. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure on the Cullen getting caught up in the Premier League just because he did that last year. And I think he knew that last year going into the world mm. 2021. And he's admitted that he knew that he was one good result away from potentially being in there. And that played on him a little bit. But that being said, I that in mind. Dog, with that in mind, though, it's enough saying I knew about it last year. But it's switching off from it this year. Does it still? He knows that if he wins the Masters, there's a very, very good chance that it'll be in it. I think he's a little bit there. further away this time. Last time it was make a final. This time he'd, he'd pretty much have to go and win it. And I think yeah. at that point, it's, it's the same as any other event that he's been in. It's not, I've got an aim and anything else is, is better. It's, it's just rock up, go for it. Um, and I just think 
Gurney looks that there's still the odd moment where he slips and, and doesn't quite have it in that moment. But I think his scoring looks a lot better and his finishing under pressure looks an awful lot better as well. It's, it's the two main parts of the game. And he's, he's improved on those both massively last year. And I can see him making a run for that top eight again by the end of this year. Ben. Dirk van Dijvenboda against the Boomerang. Simon Whitlock. You think, you think he's out of a tournament. And then all of a sudden, the deck goes his way and he's back in. Danny Knopfett staying at home to be with his partner for the birth of their first child. The Wizard comes in. But will he have enough, Boise, to beat Dirk? Or is it the over-genius? Uh, I think the Wizard comes through it. Um Dirt's drop has been, as we've seen with some, the, the form hasn't been the, the top end we saw in lockdown. I expected a lot more from him when fans were coming back, uh, the levels we've seen. And unfortunately, we haven't seen that from Dirt. And I think that as much as we was on about Devon and the preparation, yes, he knew there was a chance. With Whitlock, it's been a bit further away. So he's had that full preparation to be ready for it. And I think for Whitlock, I can see him getting past Dirt uh, about midway. I do worry about Dirt going into this year. He's another one who falls into that category. I can see him dropping considerably in the next 12 months. I get that, God. But if you're, if I'm a Whitlock fan, I'm concerned. One tournament, you go, fair enough. But the Players' Championships, is doubling was horrendous. The World Championships, is doubling was horrendous. There's a pattern developing. Whitlock's game was always about his finishing. And that's not been there. For the most part, yeah. The other issue is he's changed his darts as frequently as Peter Wright has in the last six months. Every single time I've seen him on TV, he's thrown something different and then he goes back to something else, released another set last in the last release with his uh, manufacturer, then he was throwing something else the next week anyway. Um, that's a concern for me that he just isn't settled, doesn't know what he likes or what he wants. He, he's been so settled with the, with the two sets of darts that stick in your mind. You've got the sniper star ones and the you know, the front loaded ones that you played with at the um lakeside better two sets yeah you just need to pick one of those and yeah a little bit concerned about it look he's not getting any younger either let's not forget that the man is over 50 been around for a long long time got bags of experience but this game is fastly becoming more about endurance and as you're getting older being there done that lose a bit of the hunger some will will walk off of the dart scene a very, very content man. But, yeah, a little bit, little bit concerned about him this year. He needs to start the season brightly because if he's chasing through the back end of the season, it's not a position that anybody wants to be. Then, no Nathan Aspinall like on the graphic because there's not an updated one out yet, but it will be Devin Peterson against Luke Humphreys. And, again, I know we've touched on it a lot. I think Luke Humphreys is in this Premier League equation as well. People may not like that or may not agree with it, but I think he's in the equation. And, and again, he was the one at the World Champions that said, look, I want to play. I might not deserve it, but give me the chance. I can play at this level. So it's obviously on his mind, God. Yeah, look, it should be on every player's mind if, if this is the epitome of a dark player's career. But for me, Luke, despite making the UK Open final... 
was not in the conversation for the Premier League before the World Championship started. And unless you then go on to win it or at least make a final, that should be how it stays. You don't suddenly become relevant with a quarterfinal. There's players that have achieved more this year, that have played better this year, throughout the year consistently, than Luke Humphreys this year, unfortunately. And at that point, no matter how often you bring it up yourself, I'm not sure. And I, 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 I'm not sure I'm not sure he's ready. He'll tell us he's ready. And obviously he did win that. He's the first contender slash challenger to have won a game there. But to do that for 17 weeks is an awful lot. And the biggest issue with Luke Humphreys' game is his consistency. And I'm not sure his B game wins in many games in the Premier League. And that's demoralising. That's an awful lot to take on board. His A game definitely can compete in the Premier League, no doubt. You saw the, the UK Open run in particular, superb. But I'm, I'm still, look, he's definitely in, again, fits the image, talks well, he's a good ambassador as well, youth champion. He's, he speaks openly about mental health issues, um, has lost an awful lot of weight and, and looks in great shape as well. So again, he's the right image, talks well, but I'm just not sure he's ready. And I'm not sure he's done enough and he's in the right position in the world rankings given last year to be in over certain others. Another good year, makes another final or two, potentially picks up Pro Tour, Euro Tour, have to be getting over the line in those big games to be in, to be in that Premier League for me. Look, there's a great conversation on in the chat room and we'll, we'll touch on it in a minute because I, I love it. We'll, we'll come on to that in a second. But where are you going on this one, Boise? I know you like both of them, Humphreys <clears throat> or Peterson. Uh, I've got a feeling, I think Humphreys comes through it, that my, my concern is the, the talk up of Humphreys around the Premier League, that he falls into what we've spoke about with Joel Cullen last year. So, as much as what we've seen of Devon in the past six months, this Luke Humphreys falls into this very strong favourite, I think Humphreys does that over the line, but I don't think it's as easy as what probably both are playing at the moment. I think it'll be 6-4 maybe, I think Devon will push him a little bit, uh, but I think Humphreys comes through it. I think wow. it will play in his mind so much this weekend because he's spouted up himself. It's not like Joe Tuller who didn't say anything. Luke Humphreys has spouted about it, which means every time he wins, someone's going to be asking him a question about the Premier League and it's going to go on and on and on until he either goes on and wins the Masters or he's, obviously he's out. So, But it's going to be every round he's going to be asked those questions. Yeah. Is he not Phil Bars? <laughs> You know where we're going from here. I would like semi-finalists, gentlemen, to start with. Who will be your final four? Come. Actually, first of all, why would you go in that? Also, I'm going to say, moving on to the Saturday, God, you must be absolutely fuming that we've got Gary Anderson, Michael Smith and James Wade all in the afternoon session. <laughs> not ideal, is it? Not ideal at all. I mean, it means I've got a bed earlier. Are you, are you busy that afternoon and you miss it all and just watch the night, mate? I'll, 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 I'll plan it for the evening. <laughs> um, but top half, God, who will be your semi final lineup? And in the chat room as well. Get involved. What is going to be your semi-final lineup? Who will be the final four come Sunday? 
just spent 15 minutes talking about that first round. And the, the harsh reality is, I don't see a single one of them getting through any of the seeds to a semi-final. I think we get a response from Gerwin Price. Agreed. I think he beats Johnny Clayton in the quarterfinals. And he's in the semi. I think we'll see Michael Smith in the semi-final again. He has to keep that momentum going now. He's been in another final. He has to get it going. Ritaisky or Clemens. That's a nice quarter of the draw. Without being disrespectful to anybody else, the only person in there that can really match his scoring at the best of times is Dave Chisnell, maybe Stephen Bunton on the side as well. If he finishes the way he did at the World Championships, apart from the first four sets in the World Final, he should coast through that section. So, Price v Smith in the top half. Um, the last time Peter Wright won the World Championships, he won the Masters four weeks later. Put him in contention to do the same again. I think he's in that semi-final. Um, and then it depends how this practice session goes, I guess, Phil. <laughs> uh, it, it would. I'd be one of the happiest men in darts if Gary Anderson took this year seriously and said, "Look, I might bugger off in eighteen months. I might bugger off in two years. I might even go at the end of this year. But for this year, I'm going to get my head down. I'm going to practice. I'm going to play, and I'm going to treat it as a job. I've done it for long enough. I understand in and out. I just want to play darts. This. I just want to do that. I don't want to put the practice in. Family's more important. But he could." put 18 months in on the board, smash everything, walk away with a shed load more money than if he just turns up for the next two, three years where he hates being there, doesn't want to do it, etc. You put the effort in now, you get longer where you can focus on your family afterwards, sort of thing. Or you drag it out for a little bit longer, not wanting to be there for three or four years until you accumulate a similar amount of money and then you go and then you begrudge it even more and then you've missed more of your family time. Put the effort in for a year, two years, run off. Nobody will begrudge you, and you'll be open into the world seniors of open arms as, as somebody who's as talented as Gary Anderson is as well. Because man, he just will. Anybody that hits that 50 mark, which he's very close to, Whitlock, uh, Peter Wright, they're all getting there. Barney, yeah, so. And those 51 got, we can play it now. Exactly. So, and what's that? An event a month. That's perfect for Gary Anderson if you go at the PDC for the next year or two. Hint, hint, Gary. Um, that being said, he was not very happy, was he? And I think we get a response from the green man, and I think he's in the semi final. So I'm going Price, Smith, Wright, MVG. Boise? Um, see, I do see a seed coming through. I can see Bunting there in the barrel of Wade, um, but it's hard to see past Michael Smith. Uh, I think Johnny Clayton beats Derwin Price. So Clayton Smith for me in the top. I'm not sure we'll see the same response from Peter Wright as what we saw when he last won the world. I see him coming through his first aim. But I think the third section that Rob Frost comes through and he's in the semi finals against Michael Van Derwin. I go in top half again. I think I think Bunting or Chisnell. Like I think that's a coin toss game. Will both outscore Wade? It's a question I, over over best of eleven. 
it's way can get away with not scoring as big. But we saw that in the Worlds. The longer the format, James Wade's lack of scoring power is an issue. That, as we said, it's all, it's all right if he starts well and he's around the, the, the ton average. But if it's a slow start, he hasn't got those gears to go through. So that that's a concern for me. I, um, I, I, I think we get a reaction from Price. I think it will be Price. I'm going Price Smith. I'm not sure what, how many darts Peter Wright has thrown because he had his daughter's wedding this time around. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. No tinkering time. Pick uh, up a set. Get on with it. <laughs> yeah, but it won't be. It'll be a completely different set to his world winning ones. This, 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 and this is the that. thing: when you're world champion, you have a hell of a lot of media commitments to do in January uh, as well. So. I'm not sure. Right, maybe slightly undercooked for this. He's a week away from the Premier League, the one that he really wants to win. He can't afford to be undercooked for this. All his talk about the Premier League, though, was before the format change. This new Premier League, to win it, you only got to play well on one night. Yeah. Yeah, but that was the same you as well. You haven't got to get in the top four. No. You, you could lose round one of every Premier League and then smash the last week. Yeah. Um, but I think Wright does enough to get to the semi-final where he plays MBG. So I'm going Price, Smith, Wright, MVG. So from there, yeah. So from there, finally. (laughs) Don't sound too happy about that. (laughs) Yeah, because normally when we go in the same way, (laughs) it all goes nuts. Terrible. Um, Bad things are about to happen to all four of the named players. Yeah. Clayton not being talked about. I think it's not we're overlooking Clayton. It's that I think all three of us are going. It's a Prize versus Clayton quarterfinal, and this time out, we're yeah. expecting Price to get the better of him because we're expecting a reaction from Gerwin Price after losing his world title. I think that, that's not, not all. Without not. being disrespectful to Jimmy and even White and Serling King. Say again. Not all. I've done Clayton. Oh, my bad. Well, me and Phil. Yeah. I think it's an yeah. all-Welsh quarter-final, but I just think we yeah. get a reaction from, from Gezi. Yeah. And the sooner that those two are out of one and eight as well, by the way, the better, because they just keep meeting too yeah. early. For, for two of the most informed players in the world last year, they just keep meeting too early. It yeah. will it will move very soon, but they'll move just to two and seven, so it'll just happen anyway. <laughs> <They'll just wanna laughs> Pretty, much. Pretty much. <laughs> um, Evening guy says Peter had a throw there after winning the world, so he'd have practiced as much as he wanted to. Yeah, and that, that's my worry that I don't think he would have wanted to have practiced that much after the worlds. Um, with obviously his daughter's wedding got delayed by a week, um, <clears throat> as well and stuff like that. So, <coughs> excuse me. I think he gets to the, the semi-final, but um, 
Andrew says as well, um, Wright has been at home where guys Ando and MBG have been on holiday. And, and, no, Anderson definitely didn't pick up a dart on holiday. However, interestingly, Michael took the pop-up board on holiday. First time I've ever known or seen it that MVG took the dart on holiday. So although, yes, he's had some, some family time, the fact he took them with him says something to me. Yeah, it, it does to me. And I guess if you look at who we expect to win through that through that bottom half, he's done an horrible run to that one and win it. Potentially Humphreys, Ando, Wright, Price. I know it's a top 24 in the world or top 26 now, but it's a it's not an easy run at all for MVG to get through that. There's not there's not one of those games where you, he's going to be red hot favourite. It's a really difficult run if it falls that sort of way. I completely. Let, let, let's be fair. Like at the Worlds, you'd rather have James Wade section than one of that bottom one. <laughs> Two yeah. tournaments yeah, in yeah. a row, and he seems to have done it again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let, 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 let's not let's not be frank about it. You'd rather have that section. The same as section two at the Worlds was the one that was was it. Um, but, so, from there, boys, finalists and who wins it? Graham, you first this time, Boise. God got it last time. I never used into that. Is this uh, down in your 2022 notepad? Have you got a new one or is it in last year's, Bill, by the way? No, it's still last year's at the moment. I haven't filled this one up yet. <laughs> um, reigning and defending champion, Johnny Clayton. I didn't back him to win any of his four last year. I just think going back to Milton Keynes, where we lifted the Premier League. Yes, that's probably that's probably <laughs> easy case. However, you'll be pleased to know that I've done Clayton MVG final and Clayton to win, so it means that it's the other way of MVG. But I just think uh, I think he'll be he'll be backed well. He seems to backed very well by the, the fans in Milton Keynes. I'm sure there'll be a lot of Welsh support there for him. And um, for me, it's just all on that quarterfinal. If it's in depth through price, which I'm expecting him to. But if he dead through that one, I just seen them running and uh, and going on to lift it then for a second time. Um, but I do see a final where it's not that sort of Premier League handover. I know we've it's hard not to talk about it down into the Masters with the announcement being the week after. But I don't see anyone in that final with that sort of Premier League hope. I see being two of the players we expect already to be in that on that list. So you got winner and runner up. Michael Smith beats Michael Van Gerwen in the final. Why are you being so nice to Phil Bars on the uh, on your first week back? I'm not. Phil's, Phil's about to do exactly the same, and that's an issue. Look at his face. Phil's got exactly the same. <laughs> I have. I've got Michael Smith to win it. <laughs> I can't bring myself to go the same as Gob. Um, so, although originally I had Michael Smith to beat Michael Van Gogh, and I'm going to switch it. I'm going to go Michael Van Gogh to beat Michael Smith just because Gob beat me to it. But I've got written down here, Smith to beat MVG in the final. I, I, I genuinely think this is this is the one where Smith does it. Um, besides, <laughs> f- forget the darts, more importantly his men- mentality at the Worlds was like nothing I'd seen from Michael Smith before. His mindset yeah. was unreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, look, Peter Wright was 
He did nothing wrong in that final either. Absolutely nothing wrong. Yeah. Peter Wright averaged 115 for 10 legs to just take the game away from him at a point where they were they were yeah. virtually level. Yeah. And I just think yeah, but, um, Smith, well, Smith has to capitalise. He has to keep that wrong going. He has to come into it going, right, didn't do anything wrong. My opponent just stepped it up. But at that moment, we go again. With both of you, I, I agree on the sense of the Michael Smith we've seen at the Worlds was different to the one we'd seen in the previous final. And pre and maturity is just on to the next level. How he's, how he's on stage, not even maturity, just how his persona is when he lost. And like you said, there was just outrageous darts by Peter Wright. I do see Michael Smith picking up a TV one in the first sort of six months. Just not convinced it'll be first one straight after the Worlds, it'll come out firing. Still think there can always be a bit of a knockdown from losing that Worlds. But I can see him having a good run. I can see him down deep. But especially into this sort of format, just first attempt for eight, there is a, he can run into one of them. And it's not a that them quarterfinals, semifinals onwards sort of thing. It's just going to be such very difficult for him. So I don't see him yeah. winning this one. But I, th- I agree with you that he'll pick one up early this year. Yeah, weekly darts cast up. There isn't a lot else early. The UK Open could be an absolute... If, if he gets a nice yeah. draw at the UK Open consistently, then yeah, but you can have a worse well, run than... Question being, Dob, Phil, we talked about TV titles. He's like Premier League week four. Now a TV title to each night's a competition well, on TV. Funny you should say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a TV title. Um, yeah, no, uh, I guess it's um, now. Um, yeah, I, I speak to Michael most days on on WhatsApp and everything like that, and agreed he is in a, an absolute wonderful place right now, mentally and everything. On it, and I fully agree. Which is, which is a massive contrast to the last time he lost the world final. Oh, probably I think he was. He was in bits. It took him so long to get over months. it. Yeah. Broken for months. Yeah, completely. I just think the fact he can effectively um, shrug this one off. So yeah, he played brilliant for that moment, but I had him for the most part. Yeah, um, Jamie said, so "Do you think um, MVG would be on holiday would be a bit cold?" No, the fact he took the board on holiday with him, like we said earlier, was a huge statement for me. I don't, I've never seen MVG take a board or or his darts on holiday with him. So that that says a, a lot to me. Um, plus, this week he'll be working hard with Vincent. As well, I'm not saying it's going to be vintage MVG, but I think he'll be ready. Um, before we move on, there was a great one. There's a great one brewing in the chat room, where it was 10 million pound career earnings or a world championship. Which would you rather have? Now you're testing. World championship. Hands up. Depends how long it takes me to get that ten million. Or just as as a dart player, look. Just to confirm, Phil, this is PDC World Championship, not BDL World Championship for twenty twenty. Correct. Uh, World Championship. Ten million. It's a job at the end of the day. (laughs) Ten million, you can go off into the sunset. Depends how long you get to enjoy the ten million. (laughs) <laughs> because if it takes me till I'm 55 to win the world championships and it takes me till I'm 55 to earn 10 million, I'll take the world championship because I'll bonk it on the head in 10 years' time, won't get a chance to fully enjoy the 10 million, 
and everybody will know my name forever because I'm a little bit of an egotistical twat. <laughs> if, if I've got 10 million in the bank by the time I'm 35, eight years away, oh, please, I'm rolling in it. I'm done. Set for life. Poppy, I'll even get married. I'm, I'm going to clip this. That, that, this bit is getting clipped. <laughs> you are. Um, Poppy's already clipping it, Phil. Right now, Poppy's online looking at wedding rings. <laughs> um, the, the, the other one before we go and before we, we move on, because obviously we've still got loads to, to talk about. Premier League. Are we naive enough to think that none of them know they're in yet? No. Um, well, well, this on that, there's, they've advertised the Premier League, obviously, with four on the poster, so those four have to be in. They have to know, surely. Well, you'd like to you think would like so. to think so. Um, I, look, and then I what, what we're waiting so on, what we... What we're waiting on, obviously, it seems to be by the decision that's made is the Masters. There's only one winner that can come out of that. Are we then going to reward someone? Let's say, uh, you know, I'm just going to pick a random name, someone who goes on to a final like a Toasty, who hasn't gone in a doctor any other ones. We're not going to reward, they're not going to reward a Premier League spot to someone like that just for one final run to the Masters. So there's only one spot. So you'd like to think that. Six, if not seven, are aware that they're already in with three days to go from when the announce or four days to go from when the announce. If not, all eight, six or seven must. I, I, I think six or seven have to know. God, do you, do you or do you think yeah. they? None of them know. Are you still looking at it with those innocent eyes? The, the four have to know. The four that are on the poster. If, if they don't know, then <laughs> why are they on the poster? <clears throat> that would be the cruelest thing the PDC have ever done, including not picking Paul Nicholson as a player's championship winner after setting a precedent of every major winner ever being in the Premier League. Um, the, the concern for me is if the players don't know, and there's still a little bit of up and down about this at the minute, but Berlin is week four. I know all the players have got agents. I know they've all got money. I know they all get appearance fees and whatever. But given current restrictions in Germany, and I'm not sure about Northern Ireland, Belfast, and the turnaround time, and hotels and flights, etc., these guys have to be given every opportunity to go and get that all source themselves. Which means as many players as possible right now that are confirmed as in by the PDC and Sky have to know. Just out of just so you know, for the Premier League, the PDC book the players' hotels. So it's just a case of booking X amount of rooms. They don't have to sort their own hotels for the Premier League. Lights. Um, I I I think six or seven. No. I I, I think there's one one up for grabs based on the Masters. I just think that if it were on social media, everyone is talking about the eight it should be based on what they've done this year. I just think that's too easy. That if it was that eight set, nothing changes with that for the Masters. They'd have announced it when they did the structure structure change. Yeah, but 
And another point on it, if we are saying it's based on the masters, are we saying that it's if someone wins the masters, they are cemented a place in the Premier League? Or does it have to be the players that we're talking about on the sort of edge of the Premier League? The names we've mentioned, so like your Humphreys, your Fulham, anyone sort of in that sort of category, uh, potentially Dimmy, you know, those players. Does it have to be one of them? Or if it's someone like a Ritoisty or a Clemens, do they then go in? And then is there potentially, a, you know, a James Wade missing out maybe? But he's also a, a TV champion. So does it have to be one think... of them four, do we think? I, I, I think I just, that could just, be an unfortunate consequence to the situation they're putting themselves in. After after every so conversation, was, every single thing we've been around, what are there, 24 players in the Masters, 10, 12, a genuine conversation for the Premier League. The only other person that was ever anywhere near that conversation is Fallon, disappointed against Steve Beaton, didn't pick up her tour card. There's a lot of the way that certain outlets have reported about her that have just meant there's been a, a quite a big backlash by your regular darts fans. You're still attracting the attention of people that aren't normal darts fans, but there's been an awful lot of backlash from people that have been in the sport or, or been fans of the sport for a long, long time now. And I think that they may have gone just that little bit too far during um, Q school. That just means that that selection is, is untenable right now. They just can't do it. For, for Fallon's own health. It's, it's just not fair on her. Great opportunity, great experience. Yes, she's the most marketable. Yes, the face fits, etc. But they just, they just can't do it now, given the reaction. Because they've pushed it too much and pushed it in the face and have effectively taken their reporting to a level where nobody else exists because of how marketable Fallon Cherok is. And it, it, it's done the opposite. It's done more damage in the last few weeks. Um, and it's absolutely not her fault at all. Um, I just think, going back to what you said, Boise, I just think that if someone outside the conversation won the Masters, they wait until after the final, whether that's straight after the final or Monday, and announce it, and that player that wins the Masters is then not in the Premier League, it opens up a whole other can of worms of why, why bother waiting until after the Masters then? Are, are they going to be bothered about that? Not, not sure they are going to be bothered. But if they've got three or four players in mind and they're waiting to see who goes the furthest or if one of them goes on to win this, it's like an awfully big risk that they're going to end up with somebody in a position to... Look, Johnny Clayton won this tournament of absolutely nowhere. It was a happy accident. It turned yeah. out very, very well. If Johnny Clayton had won this or Mervyn King had won this last year, bombed out and got beaten before judgment night, it would have been terrible. Yeah. The way... What? puts them at risk of forcing a hand that they don't want to go down. Yeah. All I was gonna say is I'm not I'm not convinced if that's the case. I'm trying to pick someone out who would wouldn't for marketability reasons. The seed number twenty four is probably the perfect one. Ian White. So we're not looking at someone like Clemens where we do about Germany or anything like that or Devon, South Africa and that sort of thing. Uh British player, Ian White, is he going to bring more people on seat? The answer to that is probably no. Is he someone that the PDC wants in the Premier League? No. If their hand is then, he then goes on and wins it, goes on and wins the Masters, I still think the PDC will make the decision that Ian White isn't in the Masters. 
and they beat their eight because as much as it will open up a ton of worms, come probably the Thursday, maybe the following Thursday, that's probably forgotten about more than someone going in like Ian White. Not in any type of form other than, obviously, if he then does on and win the Masters, to potentially have a, a difficulty to then wait. I think it's there's probably 14 players who can go in the Premier League. That even might be too many. But I'd say about 14. If they then go and win the Masters, obviously, you've already got the six in there. You've probably got another seven or eight who then to be in the mix. But there's some names, even if they win it, for me, just down that in. I think either way, someone is going to join a very unwanted Paul Nicholson club. Whether that's yeah. a yeah. winner of the Masters they don't particularly want or someone else. I, I just think that if, like I said, if it was the eight that everyone is predicting, the ones that have won TV titles and are in the top four in the world, X, Y and Z, they'd have announced it with the format change. If it was that if, set. If, yeah, if looking at the looking at the draw, if Ian White is playing Brendan Dolan in the final on Sunday night, do you expect them before the final to say the winner of this is going to be in the Premier League? Does that, Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So that, and that's, that's why not I, no disrespect to either player, but I just I. I think, I think the uh, plan's uh, already decided of, of who's in the Premier League, obviously with the potential if this person wins the Masters, they do win. But I think the, probably the mapping is already sort of set out of who that, who that eight is with the potential of someone winning the Masters being yeah, in that category. Just, just make the Premier League the top eight or seven plus the reigning champion and then everyone knows where they stand. Yeah, look, I don't disagree with that. But the, the, the problem is, is as soon as broadcasters have a say, which the, whether people like it or not, that they do. Barry said that with Fallon in the World Series when two years ago when she won the first games, he came on and went, she's in New York. Two days later, the broadcasters from Australia have been on there paying the money. They want Fallon in, so she's going. He, he came out and said that. In, so in the in the non-ranked stuff, broadcasters do have a say. Well, that's I, I, I genuinely don't mind that in the World Series, and I've never minded that in the World Series. But the Premier League, as I keep saying, has always been marketed as the best of the best going up against each other for 16, 17 weeks long. That's not the case anymore. At that point, change the way you market the event or combine it with the World Series or something. You don't need both. You don't need two big travelling exhibitions. Get the players playing for regular prize money that goes on their rankings and get as many players as possible involved. I don't understand the narrowing of the field in a format that is going to get very, very repetitive over the long... The issue with the Premier League has always been that after judgment night, it goes flat. The extra leg that you have to win to win the match does absolutely nothing apart from potentially fill out the extra 10, 15 minutes a night or per match that the broadcaster needs to make it viable to fill the same time slot it had for the first nine, 10 weeks. You don't really learn an awful lot. You've effectively got two weeks that matter in that point, unless you've got four absolute runaway players with it anyway, and then you're just waiting for finals. And by then, people have have lost interest. And the issue is that if this is your biggest selling event outside the World Championship, it's your most marketable and etc. If I don't understand how your best eight players can't be the best eight players to be in this event. 
because ultimately the sport is about winning games of darts. The sport is about winning games of darts. The top eight players will do that more regularly than anybody else. You want to make it more entertaining? Create some daft format. Do something fun and interesting. This isn't the way. Just think, unfortunately, that the, the, the best eight players in brackets at the moment don't tick enough boxes, which is why they're which is why the issue has come up. Then change the rules of the game. Yeah, it, it was one as, as well. Um, that I mentioned on last week, I mentioned on our, our watch along for the world. For me, I just hope that we see a not on the world series. I hope we see some change to the world series, even if it doesn't let rant. I hope we see a you know different feel, different opportunities. Yes, we see the odd one or two, but even some of those that just, just don't feel right. But I hope we see a not on start. The, the Premier League isn't going to change for this year. I think this will only be one year in this exact sort of format. I think we'll see tweets to it going into next year and the year after. We've just got to put up with the eight. Hopefully, the eight, the pit is right. But what's saying at the eight, the pit is right, as I'm sure my eight, um, actually, I'm 100% certain that my eight is different to what Dobbs eight is, and it's probably different to your eight, Phil. Um, so it's what's saying the right one is. But they've put themselves in this situation by reducing that field from 10 to eight. There's names we're not even talking about now. So, like it was mentioned in the chat about about Premier League champions should be in next year. The Premier League runner-up and most 180 isn't even in conversation. Does that reduce down to eight? If it was still 12, it'd probably be in that conversation whether you like him or not. I just it would that, be in that mix. But... You say oh, eight are different. I think if everyone is picking the eight that deserve it, everyone's eight will be the same. Because it's easy. There's no wiggle room. The eight that deserve it, I think, are going to be most people's, are going to be the same off the last year. Anyway, enough talk <laughs> of that. Let's, let's move on. This is going to cheer Gob up immensely this next no, one. Wait, before we do, we asked everybody the poll question about who would win the Masters, and they've responded by saying other. 33% has won. Oh, told you this in, the, in our little dream. Yeah, we said this that other would win. <laughs> well, that does include Michael Van Gerwen, given, and two of us have backed him for a final. But arguably, after last year, Peter Wright, Gerwin Price and Johnny Clayton are more likely to have won a TV title this time out than MVG at the moment. So he couldn't be the fourth. Depends on who else everybody else is backing. Maybe Rob Cross is involved in that. Let us know who you've got in that other bracket if you voted other. And we'll uh, come back to that in a little bit. And remember, if you haven't yet, please make sure you drop us a like. And subscribe to Online Darts. Plenty of action coming up. But, Gob, it's been busy, busy times in the world seniors. But the Joker is in the house. John O'Shea, how we are doing, mate? Hope you are good. Um, busy, busy times for the world seniors. We'll start with the draw. Not going to lie, no live draw was disappointing. As always, I've panned plenty of other organisations for this. And my opinion doesn't change. Should be done live. But we do have the draw. So the prelim games sees Peter Manley take on Dieter Hedman, Tony O'Shea, Kevin Painter, Robert Thornton, Bob Anderson, Paul Lim, Dave Prince, Les Wallace, John Walton, Terry Jenkins, Ronan Shulton, Alan Warren, a little, 
Larry Butler, Daryl Fitton against Richie Hausen. So go through and play the seeds. Um, an interesting time. So potential matchups, Scott, that look, everyone wants to see Taylor and Manley back at the tavern. But they do. That's not a gimme, because Dieter is playing regularly and playing some good stuff. Yeah, I, I'm not sold that we see that. I, I genuinely <laughs> think Dieter causes an upset in that one. I think she's playing at a very, very good level, far more consistently than Peter. And after hearing Peter in his one interview speaking about this, it sounds like he's going to put about three weeks of practice in, which means he should have just about picked the darts up. He has. He was at said wedding reception last night and practice has started. Good. That, that feels me with a little bit more confidence. Um, It'll be interesting um, and, to see how many mind games Peter tries to play in that first round and if he just goes straight to embrace it or if he's hoping for that Taylor matchup well, to do so. His words are, I've been very quiet on social media. If I come through Dia, then it begins. <laughs> I absolutely don't mind that. But if he could start doing a little bit of it now so I can build it up and build a little bit of a rivalry through the Twitter, it would be much appreciated, Peter. <laughs> Let me sell something. <laughs> um, 24 hours to sell, dog. That's it. Just 24 hours. Yeah. Not even that. By the time he plays the second round. The, the, the fireworks are going to start. Um, and then uh, either Kevin Painter or Tony O'Shea will play Wayne Warren. It's I see Kevin Painter coming through that one, and that's a really intriguing tie between him and Wayne Warren. Yeah. That's a tough little section of the draw, though. Three very, very steady players, but I, I do give Kev the edge. And dare I say it, I've got the man to make the semi-final. <laughs> um, then Robert Thornton or Bob Anderson will play Trina Gulliver. Again, an interesting prelim game. Bob Anderson still plays actively league darts. Robert Thornton at Q School and the Challenge Tour. When it was good, it was exceptional. When it was bad, it was bang average. And from what I understand, Peter Manley is going to wait until after he wins the first round to do his talking. From people that were in the venue at the weekend, Robert Thornton is already telling people he's going to win this event. Interesting from the thorn. The thorn is, is not short of a little bit of confidence right now. I like that. Um, look, if he comes through Bob Anderson, he will fancy his chances of of going deep. Yes. Yeah. But that's no give me in, yeah. in round one. Um, and then um, Paul Lim or Davy Prince will play John Lowe. Pains me to say this, but I think Dave Prince is the favourite there. The old romantic in me would love Paul him to do it, but I think Prince is favourite to, to cause an upset. Yeah, I think so as well. Don Dobbs. Solid for three days at the qualifier. Deserved his call up the minute that Burnett got his, his tour card. Um, yeah, look, just 
match practice. There's there's no substitute for match practice. And ultimately, at the minute, the qualifiers have had a lot more of that than an awful lot of this field. Yeah. Um, then Les Wallace or John Boy Walton will play the three times world champion John Park. Again, interesting. That little section. Um, Terry Jenkins or Roland Shulton will play Lisa Ashton. Lisa's going to fancy this now. She comes in, no pressure whatsoever. The, um, the shackles are off for the Lancashire Rose. She could do a lot of damage. Looking forward to, to this one. Then moving down, Alan Warren against Larry Butler will play Keith Della. And look, out of everyone, Gob, Keith Della has probably put the most work in out of anyone. It certainly <laughs> appears so. <laughs> if you're looking for a quick retweet, go to Keith Della because he's either telling you he's on the practice board or he's vlogging something. Just just follow his Twitter. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he certainly looks like he's putting the most practice in. He's been back to Super League, from what I understand. Um, he's had a practice with Ryan Meikle. He's taking this very, very seriously. I, I'll be honest, my knowledge of old darts is not great. So I was watching a documentary on YouTube earlier. Part of that was the Della versus Bristow final and everything that followed and, and the fame that sort of got to Keith. And actually, I think if, if you were to sit down with Keith now and look at that year after he won the World Championship and what happened, it's a little bit yellow class when he won the BDO as a more recent example, a little bit too much too young without focusing on what comes next. And if you give him the opportunity to go and win more silverware, which he's now got, and go and compete with these boys and go, do you know what? That wasn't a fluke. I went through the top three players in the world back then, and I'm going to do similar here from that era. He'll take every opportunity he can. The man's still massively competitive. And then Daryl Fitton against uh, Richie Halson will play Martin Adams. And look, I think Martin Adams makes the final from that bottom half. Yeah, it's, 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 I just think he's the class act and the fact that there's, he's been playing regularly. I just fancy the Wolf. Yeah, I think, I think in that one, I think... I've not seen much of fitting, so Towson is probably the one that I can see coming through to play Adams uh, and push him and pushing him at that. But um, looking at that bottom bottom off, it's hard to disagree with Martin Adams. As soon as he gets that win, he's going to be very very difficult to stop. Um, and obviously, he's going to be one of the top contenders to that one and uh, to lift the first world seniors. Yeah, oh, completely. But obviously, the news doesn't stop there for just the World Seniors, Gob. There's been plenty of, of, of noise being made at the moment for the World Seniors. We've got the Open events um, being announced as well. We've got the Masters. We've got the match play going back to Lakeside um, as well. Exciting times for the World Seniors. The, the, the tour this year looks fantastic. When I popped up for a meeting a couple of weeks ago and, and got given the the piece of paper that outlined the entire year plan, it looked fantastic. It's everything that the players from the qualifiers wanted. It's opportunities to play on TV against the top guys, but it's got your open events to prop them up, to keep them going, playing darts pretty much once a month between now and the back end of the year, which does get a little bit busier with, with PDC, etc. But the opportunities are there. Um, this, the first qualifier was bloody competitive and I think this will only get better and better and better as well um, and look the first event is massive for anybody the minute you get it on TV the minute you get it out there we get so many questions on social media about how can people watch etc what else is going on 
the, the buzz around it is massive. The amount of people that have said I'm more excited about this than I am about the actual World Championships or the Premier League, etc. going on at the minute, it, it's superb. Yeah. Um, it is on TV as well. That is possibly the most frequently asked question about at the minute. Um, I'm trying to get a graphic up just so we can put it on social media everywhere because it just answers the question in one. Uh, in the UK, it is covered by the BBC Digital Service. So it'll be on the red button, BBC Sport and iPlayer. Uh, and then in Germany, Austria and Switzerland, it is on Sport 1. There is no other broadcast deals at the minute. Um, no one else has, has taken it on. But hopefully, the first event goes superb. They see the interest in it. Everyone around the rest of the world will snap it up for the rest of the events. God, close your ears. If you're in Holland, get a VPN. Use a fake postcode. You can watch it. <laughs> I'm not allowed to tell people that from the official account. <laughs> and, and, and all the ones, just to make it even better, use the Ali Pally postcode. <laughs> um, just so you all know, this is... This is the last ever live lounge. We are online darts and no longer existing But the match play is at the bonus arena mm. in Hull and the Masters is at Lakeside, correct? Have I got them around the right way? Yeah, yeah Lake, uh, Masters is first, then Lakes, yeah. uh, then Hull later. Um, yeah, look, tickets are, are flying out for everything. The Hull bonus arena their suit their socials have been fantastic by the way whoever's running that account if somehow they're watching this you guys are amazing because you just retweet like and get on absolutely everything um their tickets are flown out i think their saturday night is, is virtually gone already and that's a long long way off um the link for um lakeside tickets um is available on the socials that one is through uh the dart shop website um and then um, for Circus Tavern, there's still a few tickets left, I think, for the Thursday evening, the Friday afternoon, or maybe the Saturday afternoon, if you're lucky, um, for general admission there through the phone line through Circus Tavern. Yeah, so huge, huge stuff for the World Seniors, which is, look, I can't wait, genuinely um, can't. We've got no graphics teed up for the next one, so I'll switch us back to the other one, but we are going to go to the first challenge tour or challenge tours of the year, boys. Um, again, almost the golden ticket for, for people here to do well this opening weekend because you're then going to get opportunities on, on the pro tour. Um, events one and two, absolutely stolen, blown away by Scott Williams. Yeah, it was just what what a Friday he had. Uh, to don't win two of these tours across the weekend is very impressive. To win two in one day is just unbelievable. Uh, we've spoke before about people winning back-to-back -back pro tours. Obviously, the quality of fields slightly different. But how long these lasted? Was it about 12 hours of play? Uh, Scott Williams had to contend with on Friday. To don't want to That's not win a day in those events. When we were, we were talking on the Friday to see that the second one had already started while Stock Williams was still in the semi-final of the, the first one. He's thumbs in and he's sort of playing catch-up on his games. Goes straight in and continues. It was just an incredible day uh, of darts for Stock Williams to come through and, and win both of those and defeating some you know, some well-known names in 
going on to pick up those two titles and put himself in a great position to, you know, play in Pro Tour events. We've seen two players drop out of the Masters. I'm sure we'll have at least one. Obviously, we always hope we're not, but I'm sure we'll have at least one drop out of the Pro Tours and then it gives him uh, a great opportunity now. Yeah, look, absolutely. Um, so, what an opening day from the man. He's from Boston way, isn't he? In Lincolnshire. Possibly. I'm sure he's from that way. Um, event number three was won by Steve Hegarty beating Hopi Puhau in the final. And again, there was some quality darts on show. Um, but Hegarty made some really good stuff, defeating Hopi. But good to see Hopi staying over and playing in these events. So that was the opener on the Saturday afternoon. And the afternoon into the late evening um, was won by Stu Wilson, one of the, I was going to say, mad titles, but it's the ADC title holders. Now, again, we've seen him on the live league as well produce some some very good stuff. I'm not a surprise that, that he come through averaging nearly 94 in the final goal. Yeah, look, it was, it was a good... I watched the final because I actually know Pete pretty well, the man that he beat. Um, I played Super League and stuff. He's a, he's a Derbyshire local, a referee from McCountney. He's actually a former cricketer. He played uh, first-class cricket for Derbyshire for a couple of years between 2012 and 2015. Um, very, very handy player in that. And he's always been stuck between the two sports as well. Um, spent a lot of time practising with Kyle Anderson, Wayne Pepper, used to have a tour card, um, Aidan Kirk as well, all in very similar sort of area. So, um, but yeah, Stu Wilson was superb. The fifth leg in that one where he broke Pete was, was the game changer in that one, but superb performance from both. And then the final one, only one on the Sunday, Boise, and that was won by none other than Jim McEwen. 5-0 victory over Stephen Burton, 97 change average from McEwen. We've seen him do this on the Pro Tour, the, the live league. No surprise that the Scotsman picked up a title. Yeah, and it was a very, very impressive weekend uh, from him. I'm, I'm sure I'd seen somewhere and he got to the last 64 of all five events, uh, one of only five players to do that. Then obviously went on to... Uh, picked up the title on Sunday, put himself quite a distance, £800 from third place, so put himself in a strong position. And as many players said, just spoke to a couple before this weekend, it's such an important weekend because it sets you up for the rest of the year. We saw what, what happened. No, it was slightly different with Chaz Barstow, with the rantings last year being off to Houston. But with this one, we all knew it was going to be the order of merit and um, from these five events. And it puts Stott Williams in a great position, but Jim McEwen will probably, let's be honest, will probably beat the majority of these as well. It's very rare that we have just the one dropout. We normally have a few. So those people in those mid-streams, Stu Wilson, um, will probably get um, some pro tours in them. But Jim McEwen deserved it, really. Lord says for them runs he had throughout the weekend and was played some very, very good stuff on Sunday. God, the, the criticism of the Challenge Tour, though, is... The time it takes to do two events in one day. Do we need? Do they need extra boards like at Q School, or is it just too much to do two in one day time-wise? Because most nights it was what ten o'clock, so it was twelve hours of competitive play plus your warm-up time. I mean, they cut the amount of boards. They were meant to run off forty, which would have been an extra 
eight boards for anything running slow and played through 32. They went down to just 32. They didn't have the eight floaters from what I understand. But the, the problem is it just doesn't change the it doesn't massively decrease the number of rounds of fixtures. And that's the issue because even at that point you can move the odd slow game or the odd slow board, but you still have four, two, five, six games, two, one, two, eight games, a 64 game, a 32 game, etc. The number of boards is from the 64, you still got to play five, six rounds of matches to get to the one, which is the issue. No matter how many boards you've got, you still have that many to play. So it's just the issue that they're just bloody long days. They do their best. Numbers weren't as high as we expected, I think, um, given that a lot of the European Qs will just, just didn't travel. Um, I think that's partly to do with cost because the weekend after Q school is in January, which is notoriously the most ridiculous month and lasts about 15 weeks um, when nobody's got any money whatsoever straight after Christmas as it is. Um, so then have to come to the UK for what is now return to a merged uh, merged challenge to order of merit as well. There's no EU order of merit for those players to, to keep their costs down, etc. Um, it, it's it's a tough ask. Um, and they are really long weekends. They're, they're sort of a necessary evil because they need to get all the events in. They need to make sure that it's done over as many, a few weekends as possible to keep the cost down for players for hotels, etc. Because the money isn't quite there to cover it. We look at the players that lose early on the pro tour, not covering costs, and they don't have any entrance fees to cover. Those guys aren't making a living. So these guys are going to struggle to pick that up as a, as a feeder as well. So it's sort of a, a balance between getting it done in as few weekends as possible to keep that cost down, but the timing issue at the same time and effectively becoming a battle of stamina. Dob, also on, on that one, when you speak about numbers, one thing that stands out, I know we had probably expected more than people didn't come over from Europe, the next two weekends are in Germany, I believe. So it'd be interesting to see the flip side of that. Obviously, we shouldn't, fingers crossed, we don't have any sort of COVID restrictions then, but they're totally planned to be in Germany those next two weekends. God says, then those numbers, I'm not too sure there's quite a few players who come away from the weekend picking up zero. Will they be willing, if they're not that any sort of management company or any sort of backing sponsors, will we see those sort, those sort of numbers going over to Germany and playing events where you need to get to the last 64 to even get your money back from just that one event? Like it says, there was only a handful, uh, yeah, five players who got to the last 64 in each of those events. So I think the numbers, numbers will dwindle then, which should help. We should see then that the days are not as long because God says that achievement on Friday was ridiculous. But someone's a win back to back days. I don't think we'll we'd have tipped anyone to do it. So, but I think the numbers will drop slightly when when it moves to Germany. I guess it depends Sorry. on the player's ambition an awful lot as well. Like if you're somebody that hasn't won any money this weekend, when gave it a go, but don't fancy the trip and just want to use it and is going to play some WDF or ADC events for the year, then yeah. perhaps don't have to go for it. I watched Matt Edgar's vlog earlier and he had a very weekend all around for him as well compared to the Pro Tours last year. Uh, there was no food available in the venue, so had to take your own in and that sort of thing. And he just wasn't used to having to balance that eating. He said first day, the turnaround between losing and then going back on again because they did start that second event so quick, caught him off guard, no time to go and get food and that sort of thing. So he admits in his vlog that he wasn't going to go to Germany. It wasn't part of his plans. He expected to come here this weekend, have a decent amount of ranking money accumulated so that he was in a good position to be a pro tour reserve, not have to go to Germany, 
pickup money when it comes back and, and rejoin it. And he said, this weekend's forced his hand. He has to go to Germany if he wants to be in that contention to be a pro tour reserve. And I think it might do the same for the likes of Stu Wilson, Steve Haggerty, Steve Burton, Pete Burgo, and all those that are in around that top 20 almost that are one good event away from forcing their way up into that higher seeding position at the minute to get that call up. We see with Chaz Barso last year, things happen when you get that call up. Robert Thornton nearly went on and won a pro tour. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess the flip of that is you've got about 100 people who have got zero from the weekend. So with that yeah. in mind, yeah, the top the top ones are thinking, well, my Andy's forced a little, so I've got to go and get that. And yeah, we're talking about pro tour, but the London aim obviously is to finish top and, and let the tour thrive for a couple of years. But there's 100 on there who've got zilch from the weekend. Probably their mindset, there's some of them that their mindset might have changed and thinking actually there's local tomps or national tomps that I can enter that will stop me now pushing on for that. So I do think and the also, numbers will build a little. A, a consideration that as dev tour players we used to have, I, I never made the journey myself, but I know from conversations before, an awful lot of players used to look at that Germany weekend as an opportunity to go and pick up a couple of rounds against. What we, what was considered a weaker field, the top players in the EU Q school are still very much up there. But at the bottom end of that Q school, if all of those players turn up that are eligible for the Challenge Tour, or a large proportion of those players turn up, the ones that are averaging sixty and seventy that went to Q school as a see what happens. Now they've got a Challenge Tour weekend. If they're there, and you draw one or two of them back to back you're starting to pick up nice money and that weekend suddenly becomes worth it. And it's almost too good an opportunity to miss because when you come back to the UK and you're drawing Gavin yeah. Carlin one day, Thibaut Trucar the next day, and do you know what I mean? If you've got the opportunity to go away, yes, it's a bigger expense, but actually in terms of your ranking, in what's perceived to be an easier midfield and an easier lower part of the field where you can come through earlier rounds a lot easier it's perhaps too good an opportunity for the players that don't have an awful lot of money at the minute to miss out on. A couple of points here. Is this another argument to cap the Challenge Tour as well? Like the Pro Tour's capped? I don't think you can. Because the Challenge Tour criteria entry is just go to Q school. No, I'm not about this year, but I'm about for future years. It's getting the system in line. So it's capped. The only way you can ever just... cap something is an affiliation with another organisation. Because you have to have some sort of year-long ranking or bearing to be able to decide people are good enough for Q school. You, you, you cannot go Q school or challenge tour on a first-come, first-served basis. Interesting. And also, in a couple of really good points on the Challenge Tour, Andrew says, am I right in thinking the Challenge Tour prize money has effectively been half since last year? There were two parallel tours with the same money. Um, yes, because it's back in one. But... It was doubled. No, because it was... Didn't there Scott was win, win more on one day than number one last year? But I think the prize money was the same. Yeah, I thought it was as well. But the, I think the PDC took the hit on the prize money last year and basically subsidised it. 
with the two parallel tours. Yeah, for me, just the part of it, Phil Odessa with the prize money, I'm not sure the entry fee, I think the question to me should be around the entry fee more than the prize money. Should you really, obviously now it's last 64, the payout I think starts, should we pay out any lower down? Probably not. So it, then the question marks is the entry fee, the right amounts for all five, what was it, 275, I'm guessing it would cost to play this week? Before any travel accommodation, um, 50 is it 55? Oh, yeah, because they're marking as well. Yeah, yeah, 55. Uh, so yeah, you're looking at what 275 for you play. That that probably for me is, is where the, the area of improvement on this. I'm, I'm with Dob. I, I struggle to see how you can just have a, a, a one to eight or. Whatever in the challenge tour, because people have played paid it then once, then another large chunk of money to that few stall for a tournament to follow up the week after to to do it. And then so I just I don't think it's right to do that just yet, but it's certainly something to look at. Also, as well, the next one in Germany clashes with Lakeside. If Lakeside happens, we don't know who's playing yet. So <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that, that announcement in a minute. Mace is in the chat room. Hope you are well, buddy. Looking forward to seeing you on Friday. Um, yeah, look, the clash with, the clash with Lakeside is <laughs> not ideal. If, if Lakeside happens, it's people like Tricol. <laughs> Obviously, Tricol is at Lakeside and had a half-decent challenge all weekend. Half decent, yeah. I was, again, a little bit. I just want to see him do more. Just want to see him get over the line. I also want to see France in the World Cup this year. We've we've, all, we've known about Tricol for a long, long time, but Jacques Labra looks superb as well. Do you remember the arguments it caused last year? When they picked Brazil with no tour card holders and left out Latvia, Latvia who had tour card holders. Anyway. You imagine who, who, did they do the same? They leave out someone that's got a tour card for, for the French. Expand the field and make it all pairs. And show us the results <laughs> of that survey. I, I was about to say, just, just, don't make it because we haven't seen the results of that survey, is it? <laughs> um, show us the results of that survey. <laughs> <laughs> um, also as well WDF announced the playing schedule for the ladies and the youth today um, said the men's will be released in, in, in due course once I guess when they've worked out what, what they're going to do um, it's, it's a fairly easy one isn't it you just scrap the draw, adjust the seedings, and redraw it. I think it has to be because they've lost too many seeds. You, you can't drop that, that, in players yeah. that that weren't qualified for the event into that seeded spot. It, it, there's just too many of them. Yeah. 
if everybody had out, if everybody had got a tour card had been a qualifier or a non-seeded player, fine, replace him with an X off the order of merit. If you lose one or two seeds, fine. But to lose four or five like they did. Five five seeds they lost. It just makes a little bit of farce of any seeding system if players are coming in and earning the benefit of the number one seed or the number two seed for somebody that wasn't qualified for the event three weeks ago. Yeah. The next players in have to be via their order of merit schemes. They just have to because you can't run another qualifier for it. You've had your qualifier. And to qualify for this tournament, for this World Championships, the players spent all of last year accumulating ranking points. You cannot just disregard that in the hunt no, for commercial viability or bringing in a, a big name. There was a lot of talk about how they should have gone after Fallon. Admittedly, Fallon was part of that ranking system. That one definitely. Lisa Ashton, no, because she hadn't played in any WDF event last year. Fallon turned down a chance to be there, but none of the other ladies pulled out. And you can't suddenly turn around and say, actually, she's back in now, etc. So... That that one was a was a non-star. The ladies' field remained untouched, but for the men's, they lost too many seeds. It's a horrible irony that they're going to need a redraw. I just don't it see is, it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it is. Um, interesting one here says: Should Tricol's loyalty be with the WDF or the Challenge Tour? That all depends on Timo Tricol. Only he can answer that question what he feels he needs to do for his career, what's best for his career. Only he can answer that one, surely. Yeah, I, I do think it becomes a tough... It's a tougher one, depending... If his weekend would have been better this weekend and he's sitting in that top three, maybe, that decision's a lot more difficult than where he's sitting. I know he's 14th and he had a, you know, a, a decent weekend. Um so I don't want to disregard how his weekend went. But if he's in the top three, it's a completely different conversation than sitting where he is for me. Yeah. World title. Even if even if he's number one currently in the or number two. Yeah, say Darwin. Yeah, I Scott Williams has won more money in two days than the number one on the UK Challenge Tour did last year. In total. There yeah. were 12 events last year, 12 different winners. Nobody doubled up. The top 10 or 1-1 got to another final and then picked up various prize money to get them to where they were. Scott Williams has already won more than that. He should be comfortably better, in the next couple of pro better, tours. Better example here then. If you're Jim McEwen, that is second on the order of merit and... At Lakeside, what do you do? Lakeside, Lakeside. But if you're chasing if, the goal, be... the prize money is guaranteed at Lakeside. You earn more for a week's work there than you do for three days' work in Germany. There's still another th three weekends to follow for the Challenge Tour afterwards. And hear me out. The Riley's qualifiers are back for the UK Open this year, which points towards the Grand Slam going back to having an amateur affiliation. That is going to come from a World Championships. I don't think this year mm. the Grand if, Slam if eight players are going to be invited from the WDF, like the BDO were, the year. only way they can do it right now is the last eight at the World Championships. Not and if there's a chance of that, that gets to be one of the biggest events there is. 
look, not saying it's one hundred percent guaranteed. No. We're anywhere near that for the slam personally. But if you're Jim McEwen and you want to be a PDC pro, if that's the end goal, then for me, you have to do the challenge tour. Yeah, or, it depends I on what McEwen's end goal. The World Series we, qualifier as well. I think Jim just wants to play in an opportunity that allows him to earn as much money as possible playing darts. Yeah, and that comes into it. But even championship, twenty-five grand for the winner of the PDF World Championships, or two grand for a Challenge Tour. I get that, but from a even back to stop Williams. I know we've we've pushed sort of that aside, but the long-term aim of anyone on the Challenge Tour is to finish top. So you get the tour card. The long-term aim is that someone missing that, yes, they might still finish in the top five for the next few months. They might still go and play in X amount of Pro Tours. But the long-term aim, surely, is to that one and to win that Challenge Tour. I think if you're sitting at top there and then you're in WDF, it's a very, very difficult decision. It's not as simple as just saying, in the if short term, two, I can do... On that order of merit, do, you don't have to go to the lottery yeah. factory. Yeah. You don't have so to I, go. I do that... In the top two. I do that the world's I do that the world's argument. I do understand that, that you know the it's a world champion, that sort of stuff, but long term you could be financially a lot better off if you're finishing top of the challenge tour order of merit than what you are if you don't in WDF. And we talked about okay. slam. At the moment, the current criteria on the back of last year, if you top of this, you'll be in the slam more than you will if you don't in the WDF world champion. So that's also something to to consider for the people at the top end of that challenge tour. Plus, you get if you finish in the top, was it top eight? You get your place at the UK Open next year. And the benefit if you win a game at any of those team events, you might end up financially better off than being a world champion. But the sponsorship opportunities that should come with winning the WDF World Championships, the title and the prestige and, and all the like of that. And the fact you have to win less games to go and win more money for that one-off weekend, and the fact there's still three more weekends after that, you have to go for that world title, even if you declare yourself uh, as the amateur world champion. You have to go I for it. All it all depends on your end goal. If your if your end goal is to play darts and you're not really that fast, I agree. But if your end goal is you want to be a fully Fred's professional on the PDC tour and you're Jim McEwen, you have to go for that, in my opinion. Well, that's what I'd do anyway. Jim McEwen is going to earn a lot of money playing darts. If if, if, if the end goal is to be on on the tour, eliminate the lottery of Q School and get it done there and then, for me. Look what it's done for Rob Cross and Ryan Sell finishing the top two of the Challenge Tour and things like that. It eliminates the lottery of Q School, gets you in and gets it done. But it's all good. Um, we're going to open up the chat room, as always, for question time. So get your questions in, everyone. What's up, boys? I've um, really enjoyed tonight so far. It's been good. Because I'm back. Preferred last week. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
Big Johnny says, the WDF for amateurs, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and let's be honest, um, you will not be recognised as a world champion if you win the WDF. Yeah, no, look, I, I, I fully agree that if you just want to play darts and you want, just want to be an amateur player and plod along, 100% that I haven't got an issue with that. But like I say, if your end goal is to, to play amongst the elite and get there, then for me, you have to do the, the challenge tour. Possibly, but as a man that's over 50 that went to the World Seniors Qualifiers, Jim McEwen goes and wins the WDF World Championship, 50 grand in his back pocket, and is a reigning world champion over the age of 50. Well, so were you invited to Boris's lockdown party last year? No, I had my own. I know everyone knows my opinion. So I'm, yeah, oh, I'm, I'm I'm not going to lie. I um I didn't stick to lockdown rules. Not even going to hide the fact. So they were lockdown rules. I'm joking. Yeah. So I'm leaving. <laughs> um. So that was that one. Uh, interesting one. Where does Wade rank in the greatest of all times list? We've done this one before, and I think it just got a little bit more complicated given that Peter Wright is now knocking on the door of potentially that top five, which was a debate we had a couple of weeks ago. Uh, look, he, he, he certainly... Right, James Wade is one, still one, he is one of the greatest players of all time. You can't have that CV and not be in the conversation, in my opinion. No, definitely not. Um, yeah, I, I don't like ranking players. It takes... Far too much concentration and effort, and you always miss one, and then we get slated for looking like idiots. Correct. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> um, Henry says, um, which players would you like to see be given a spot in the World Series event this year if the picks are spread out like in 2018-19? Um, unfortunately, I'm not convinced how many World Series events we get this year. I think New York, and it'll be roughly the same field as what was set two years ago. That there'll be the odd change, but I don't expect mass changes um th throughout I, and then the rest of it, I just think it'll be depends where we get them. I think we'll see Copenhagen again this year. Um I'm not convinced we see Australia or New Zealand. So it'll just be as and when we or where we get them, we can't be that far away down under, surely. Have you not seen what old mini Hitler in New Zealand wants to do? <laughs> no, but Australia sounds like that? they're about as good as we are. She's about honestly. If, if you're if you if you've been in contact with someone that's got Omicron, she wants to isolate for 24 days. We've got no hope of a world series for a cold, yeah. She's gone off her head. Oh dear. Oh dear. Mm. Um, the USA one's sorry. the one for me, I think, this year. MSG. Oh, Fallon's already going to be there. Happened. And given the strength that the CDC produced this year and have still got back home, that's a solid eight they've got this time out. 
A solid yeah, eight. Well, and this, this backs on to the question as well. Will the CDC produce a world champion of darts in the next 20 years? I think they'll be knocking on the door 100%. The, the, the growth it's, of the game in North America at yeah. the moment is, is on a very, very much upward trajectory. I'm not saying they'll win one, but I certainly think they'll compete or produce players that will compete at the very top end of the game. Um, yeah, we've, seen that. we've seen that now um, as well. So, I think the numbers in the numbers increasing on the tour is for me is the next step for the CDC to see. You know, six seven players on the tour regularly moving up the rankings, breaking into the top thirty-two. Um, sort of what we're seeing with Germany. Those sort of steps. Next twenty, it's very difficult because obviously the quality of players we've got coming through um, to down and win a world championship but it's a very interesting part of the world for darts and like you said for the world series they've got eight players that are going to compete and make it a, a, a more interesting opening rounds than what we see at some of the other world series events yeah completely uh, even in Terence um, where was it Ben said um, why didn't Fallon pound the challenge saw this week, um, she just wanted some time to herself, mate. After the last um, two weeks, she just wanted some some time to herself away from darts. A bit like um, Darren Beveridge as well. He played for the, the same reason, was just mentally fatigued, tired, and they just want some some time to themselves. It, it, it's a massive ask to go seven days at Q School straight to the Challenge Tour within a couple of days, isn't it? It's um, long, so, very long, and there's a lot of attention on it. Yeah, so she'll, she'll be back for the next... I'm not sure she'll go to Germany, but she'll certainly be back for the the sets in the UK. Uh, Tommy, are most players good at marking? Um, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> you... um. You saw that. Go back to when we were in lockdown and the players had to mark when they lose. There was some interesting Dark Connect iPad action, wasn't there, boys? We were trying to follow it on the stream. Yes. Christ. Most dangerous. Most dangerous, yeah. not just the odd one. But I'm yeah. sure that was I the think system. The issue is that some of them just don't get technology. Some of these guys are late 40s, 50s that just don't get what an iPad is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, some, some of them aren't, some, some of them are really good markers, but others, um, no, they're, they're not. Um, Bill says, who of the new tour card holders has the best chance of getting into the top 64, um, in round one? Do you fancy any of them? Maybe the Rodriguez brothers. Um, I can't remember who won a tour card this year. <laughs> All right, UK. Oh, what a great message I've just had, Phil. I've just had a direct back? message from off the conversation we're having from Jim McEwen. He said, Lake side for me, pal. If I fall down the challenge tour order of merit, I have another 10 challenge tour events to try and make it up. Plus the fact nobody knows what restrictions will be in Germany then, which is something we didn't consider. And by the way, love the fact that Jim's listening, mate. Hope you are all good and see you on the live league soon. 
love the fact that you're listening and getting involved. Um, right. Back to the question about tour card holders. Um, look, the, the, I've got the UK one up in front of me. There's some really exciting names that I can't wait to see play on tour for the first time. Um, I can't wait to see Connor Scott play. I can't wait to see Nathan Rafferty play. And then the two that finished eight and nine, one's in the chat room. I can't wait to see John O'Shea play on tour for the first time and Cameron Menzies. I know that's a lot of answers, but I'm excited to see them play on tour for the first time from the UK. And for me, the EU, all about one player for me because of the way he assaulted Q School. I'm looking forward to seeing Jules Van Dongen. Yes. Any others for you, boys? Uh, throw Roby in the mix. Um, Josh Roth. Um, but the rest of which I think you've mentioned, obviously, you, you forgot Mitty Mansell in your names, Phil. Um, okay. other, than that, other than that, I think that's about, yeah, I think you've cleared everyone. I'm going to sneak one in because technically they won it last year, um, but hasn't played pro top. Matt Campbell. Yeah, I know, agree, 100%. Because that answers another question as well. Who do I think, who do we think is the top North American player right now? I think it's Matt Campbell. Yeah. I think he's superb. Yeah. Even yeah, with no, Jeff Smith I, already settled on the tour, I just think Matt Campbell's ceiling is, is a lot better. And I'm Matt very, Campbell very really excited me to, to, watch him, to watch him play. We saw spells at the World Cup and the World that, again, B game needs work, but A game, very exciting. Definitely. Ross Montgomery as well, by the way. The man has made a living for the last 25 years of winning floor events and, and one, two, eights and, and that sort of thing. So keep an eye out for the former Scotland captain. I think he starts travelling with suits and the Scottish boys as well. We'll help him settle into PDC life very, very quickly. Um, Mace makes a good point, Phil. Do we have an exclusive for the folks? Have we discussed the live league lineup for next week? Can we give anything away? I'm just looking now. Um, I don't know if it's been confirmed. I was told some of the names, but I don't... Can I guess one? Because he told everybody on social media he's going to be part of it. Matt Edgar. He's not playing in week one. I know that. Oh, Matt, what are you doing to us? <laughs> um, you were so confident I, as well, Dolph. <laughs> I think... He's I thought we were getting a vlog week... and everything. I think he's playing in week two. We'll get Just on the blower and find out. Me and Lee will chat nonsense for the next five minutes. Just looking there. <laughs> Thomas says, can Raymond Smith kick on and get better after his good world championship? I guess it depends what Raymond Smith wants to do. He wasn't overly sold on the thought of Having a tour card anyway, again, he's, he's not the youngest man in the world. I think he's very much settled in Australia and that's an even bigger journey than America back and forward like Jeff Smith and some of the other Americans try to do. 
Um, it might just be a case of we see him for the Oceanic, the World Series if it goes down there, and then qualifies for the World and whatever else he can through that way. Certainly very, very impressed with just how solid he was at the World Championships. Yeah, um, I'm just waiting for a message back on the lineup to see if it's been 100% confirmed. Um, but in terms of debutants, I think it was Ben that asked, um, there's, there's going to be some good ones. We're just waiting for, again, travel. It's not traveling into the UK is the issue. It's traveling home for some of them. So we're just um, we're just waiting for some for some confirmation. But yeah, obviously Matt Matthew Edgar's put out. Um, he's playing. I think um, Nick Kenny's going to play as well. Now we know that people have and haven't got tour cards. It's it's very exciting. Uh, John says thanks for the confidence boost, lads. That's our problem, mate. Looking forward to seeing you. I don't know if this has been discussed, Field. I don't want to step on anything, but now that. Lisa Ashton doesn't have a tour card. Is there a chance we see a ladies week? Is there a chance we just see a ladies week? I don't know, is it honest, but Lisa is playing. Makes sense. Not week one. Can't. Because of World Seniors. She can't be in week one. Right. I can exclusively reveal. Well, I don't know if I'm allowed to, but. <laughs> well, it's got to go out in the next couple of days anyway. It starts on Monday. It's Phil, um, it's all right. People listening are only listening for a VPN anyway. So, you know, we've already messed up tonight. We might as well do all those. <laughs> so, Group A will be Alan Tabern, Kai Fan Young, Scott Walters, James Richardson, Scott Marsh, Josh Payne. Group B, Ryan Furness, Chaz Barstow, Stephen Burton. Group C, David Woronowski, Dan Day, Andy Jenkins. Solid. It's not a bad way to start at all, is it? I found Lung's an interesting um, one. Phil's just had a text saying, don't release it. <laughs> no, no, um, <laughs> there, there, there's a concern that Matty Edgar's in week two, but he may get a pro tour call up. So he may yeah. have to move. Mm. What, you think seven are going to drop out? Or it just takes three or four to drop out, I guess, and then a couple of the challenge tour guys not be able to go. Yeah. Um, so and yeah. proximity to um, MK as well. Um, and I don't, Jim, if you're still listening, I've just seen when you're playing as well. Happy days. Well, I'll tell you what, week three looks a bit tasty. I'm not going to reveal it yet, but I'll, week, week three looks good. <laughs> you can't sit there and tell us that, Phil. I can, because I've got the spreadsheet. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but there's an Asian player on the line. I think that must be a first. Yeah, it must be actually. Prakash? I think so, maybe. yeah. 
Possibly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there we go. I'll tell you what, boys. Absolutely loved the live lounge tonight. Been absolutely amazing. Everyone, you guys have absolutely rocks. Remember, we have loads coming up at Online Darts to keep you um, busy, which is which is great. Loads going on. We are at MK this coming weekend. The Live League returns next week. The World Seniors, it is all go, go, go. So make sure you subscribe and turn notifications on so it is all good. We are all going to be there at um, the Circus Tavern. Um, God, me, voice. Um, we will still stream the Pro Tours that weekend as well. We've got the plan in place so we don't miss that as well um which is which is all good boys it's been it's been good 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 times are ahead you say good <laughs> i say oh well, i need to nap already <laughs> <laughs> um we'll say you say we have been online darts it's been our pleasure keeping you entertained for the last two hours or so i've been phil Vars joined by jack gobby garwood and lee boys that is us signing off for the evening and we will see you all very, very soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.